Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Twisted Manor. I am your host, Shai Mizrahi, and with me, my co-ghost, Emily, my wife. <laughs> your what? My co-ghost. I'm, you're my sidekick ghost. I'm the main haunter. No, it's like co-host, but with yeah, ghost. Yeah, but who's really co here? Mm, probably you, since I record, edit, market, everything. But I'm cool. Heyo. <laughs> uh, we only have a couple updates for tonight. So, uh, one, we actually don't have any bonus stories uh, for this episode. Next is that we have links in our bio on Instagram at Twisted Manor. The first link is our website where you can listen to this podcast. Second is Telenim. So, if you guys want to give us a bonus story, you can always submit it on Telenim. So, it'll say some ear stories here on that link. And then lastly is our merchandise. So, that link will take you to our merchandise store. And the update essentially is. We're going to be coming out with some new designs uh, in the next week or two. If you guys wish to donate or support this podcast without buying merchandise, you can follow the link beneath the episode and donate whenever, whatever amount you would like. Um, with the amount that we get each month, and that comes from donations and merch purchases, we'll be using it for equipment upgrades, raffles and prizes, and of course, 20% of the proceeds will go to charity of your choosing every month. So, uh, we're going to throw the voting system up on Instagram tonight, but we have two charities that you guys can vote on, and whichever one gets the most votes, that's what we'll donate to at the beginning of January. So the two that we've picked are Elizabeth Glazer Pediatrics AIDS Foundation, or the Helen Keller International for Blind and Visually Impaired. So both great causes, and I am excited to see what you guys pick. So go on ahead, head over to Instagram at Twisted Manor, and you guys can vote which charity you'd like to vote for this month. To keep up with our podcast, we also post any relevant photos from our stories on Instagram, so you can go check those out there. If you guys want to participate and have us read one of your stories, not just as a bonus story, but as part of our themed episodes, you can email us at twistedmanner.sub at gmail.com. Well, for this episode, I chose a theme of just haunted places, um, like buildings, cemeteries, things like that. Um, I have two stories, one really long one, and then one very short one. Okay, so I have prepared the the tale of Castle Huska. So, for context, according to folklore, Huska Castle was constructed over a large hole in the ground, which was known as the Gateway to Hell. It is fabled that the hole was so deep that no one could see the bottom of it. Huska Castle is an early Gothic castle, 47 kilometers, and that's 29 miles, north of Prague in the Czech Republic. It is one of the best preserved castles of the period in the 13th century. Some notable features of the castle include a predominantly Gothic chapel, green chamber with late Gothic paintings, and a knight's drawing room. So this story begins, I believe, in the year 827, when the Prince Slavobar had a son named Hozek. Slavobar began to build on this on this property for his son with limestone as the foundation. They recount a legend, the story of a massive and strange crack in the top of the limestone cliff, that a hole in the ground appeared, one that was unimaginably deep, and was reputed to be the source of strange visitations. Local residents began calling it a hole to hell, and the villagers avoided passing anywhere near it after dark. They believed that strange creatures, half animal and half human, issued forth from the portal to kill livestock and wreak other havoc in the night. They also believe that any person who passed the site 
was himself in danger of being changed into one of the creatures of the pit. People were reportedly injured and even crippled by these monsters from hell. Crops also were said that they couldn't grow or remain alive. The project did not survive long before it was just abandoned. It wasn't until between 1280 to 1290 that a new castle, or at least its completion, was attempted. In 1316, it was owned by a duke who built on the property. The duke attempted to fill the hole with hundreds of rocks, but no matter how many rocks they threw in, it never once showed signs of filling up. <laughs> the duke eventually bribed criminals under trial to go down the hole on a rope. If they could come back and report what they saw, the criminals would be pardoned. To this, the man readily agreed, but once he had descended down into the opening for quite some distance, there came a long period of silence, and then the convict began screaming uncontrollably from deep within the ground. When pulled back to the surface, he looked as if he had aged 30 years. Old boy. He had grown wrinkles and his hair had turned white as snow, and he died very soon after. Some accounts claim that this experiment was repeated more than once with the same results each time. Another very peculiar fact about Huska Castle is that when the square stone structure was originally constructed in the 13th century, most of its defenses were not facing towards the outside, but were built facing, the, facing inward towards the inner courtyard of the structure. So, supposedly, it looked not as if the castle had been built to keep an enemy outside, but rather to keep something from getting out. That's crazy. There were no stairs leading from the upper floors of the castle down into the courtyard. This is not evident today because after the Thirty Years' War in the middle 1600s, the castle's tower, moat, and other defenses were dismantled as part of a decree issued by Emperor Ferdinand III to make private castles more accessible and less defensible. Huska's earthen ramparts were also taken down at the time. Finally, at the beginning of the 18th century, the castle was remodeled into a Renaissance chateau. In the 18th century, it stopped to serve as a noble residence and fell into a state of disrepair, before being renovated in 1823. In 1897, it was purchased by Princess Hohenlohe, and in 1924, the Times of the First Republic, bought by the president of Skoda, Josef Simonek. As of 2020, it was owned by his descendants. During World War II, the Wehrmacht occupied the castle until 1945. The Nazis were said to have conducted experiments into the occult. According to one source, multiple myths abound about their supposed occult involvements there. Another source states locals believe that the Nazis had been using the powers of hell for their experiments. As of early 2020, the castle was open to the public and had been since 1999. Tourists may visit the chapel with fading frescoes and murals including pictures of demon-like figures and animal-like beings. According to the Prague Tourism website, the castle is reputed to have various types of ghosts, including a bullfrog human creature, a headless horse, and an old woman. Not even a headless horse man. It's just the horse. Well, from what I could read and find out, it was like people will walk up to the property, and there'll just be a horse with no head running around spurting blood everywhere. Ugh. Yeah, like it's pretty gruesome as well as the remains of demonic beasts who escaped the pit. Today, it is relatively unimposing but ancient-looking structure, which is in the process of repair and renovation by its current owners, Jaromir Simonek and Blanca Harova. And still, the legends surrounding Castle Huska do not end there. A perusal of a number of in internet sites and blogs will reveal that even modern-day visitors to the castle claim to have unexplainable experiences of all sorts, 
followed by instances of extremely bad personal luck when they leave the premises. Some people say they feel an irresistible aversion to entering the building in the first place. One of them is Hannah McGee, owner-operator of McGee's Ghost Tours in Prague. When she and company co-founder Tyler McGee made their first visit to the castle last winter, accompanied by their dogs, Hannah says that she felt an extreme uneasiness when she came into the courtyard. Apparently, she wasn't the only one to experience the bad vibes, because soon the McGee's dog Bobo began barking and became very excited with nothing visible to provoke him. Always trust the animals. We gotta make a shirt that says that. (laughs) That's like the third or fifth time we've said that in multiple episodes. Mr. McGee described the feeling of being followed or watched by a predatory being during their entire tour of the premises. Later that day, upon returning to Prague, the McGee's parked their car in the city center and left it there while they did their nightly ghost tour. When they returned little more than an hour later, the vehicle had vanished. The police found it within a couple hours, already stripped of its valuables and completely trashed. The demons are carjackers. (laughs) Is this castle's land cursed, like they say? Truly haunted by a portal to hell? Or is it just one of Earth's many mysteries with nothing extraterrestrial to it? I have two, like, not really, like, original theories, but, like, it made me think of two things that I've heard before. Mm -hmm. So, the first, um, when you first said the, like, the convict went down there and he aged, Mm -hmm. there's this movie that I watched, Time Trap. Yeah. Where they go down into a hole, but, like, like, they're going, like, cave exploring, but at a certain point, time in the cave is so much slower yeah. than time outside. So, like, even though he's felt that he spent maybe ten minutes down there, it's, like, a year, a hundred millennia in the future. Oh, and, like, geez, that's... aliens have taken over, and, like, the world is desolate and things... I don't know, like, I was like, oh, it could be, like, the opposite of that. Like, time moves super fast down there. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, maybe if it is, like, a hole to hell, something was, like, sucking his soul out. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, I started thinking of Gravity Falls. Oh, the endless pit? No. But, like, maybe it's, like, a portal from, like, another dimension. Mm. And it's just, like, attracts scary things and like lets out scary things like the Mm -hmm. supernatural and the weird and the unexplainable and like sure people in like the freaking 800s would probably think those are demons yeah a lot of people were like oh well it might be bats or something but the reports claim that they're human sized it's like dudes with wings flying around oh yeah and again like Chimera, like human hybrids. Even the biggest bats aren't that big. Yeah, no, there's... I think the biggest bat is like half the size of a human. They're like dog-sized. Yeah. So that's Castle Huska in a nutshell. There's way more information. That's That's just a little scratch of the surface. But if you guys want to learn more, just look it up. There's hundreds of things about this place. Can we go visit? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh... Stop on our way back from the cemetery in Edinburgh in Scotland. We'll go at night mm-hmm. when no one's looking. And Actually, we'll, we'll cause a distraction mm. and we'll dig under the castle. I would love to fall in that hole just to see no. how far <laughs> it goes. No, but uh, actually, you can spend the night there if you get like special permission. 
Okay, can we have special permission? Yes. Okay, cool. This one is called The Man of the Old Mill. I don't know where Devon is. Devon? Like a city, Devon? Sounds like Ireland or Scotland. The way they talk makes them sound like they're from, like... The UK. Europe. Yeah. But I don't know where. Do they say kilometers? This house I was living in was called the Old Mill. My parents and I moved there when I was 14. It had a converted... It was a converted mill that still had a water wheel on the side, but it didn't move and it had been inactive for some time. It's been various different mills in its time, sawmill, paper mill, flour mill. It was converted into a house in the 1950s, but the oldest parts of the house date back to the 12th century. I never really sensed anything when we viewed the house. I just found the history of the building fascinating, and it was a beautiful house, so I was excited to move there. It wasn't until about six months after we moved in that this man appeared to me in my bedroom. I remember the first time I saw him. I thought someone had broken in. I remember screaming and yelling to my parents, there's someone in the house. By the time they got there, he had vanished. We searched the house and nothing, no signs of him. I was a bit freaked out for a while and I thought maybe my mind was playing tricks on me. But then I saw him again about a week later in the exact same spot in the corner of my bedroom. I remember I was home alone this time and screaming, what do you want? Still, at this point, thinking it was someone breaking in. I remember scrambling for my phone, ready to dial 999. That's a UK number. Yeah. Um, but then he spoke to me and said, I just want to be friends. I used to live here. I just want to visit and see what you've done with the place. Creepy. <laughs> Don't like that. Dubious little boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I asked him, when did he live here? And that's when he said, 1874. What year is it now? Mm. Have they said? I was just curious. This was October of this year. Okay, so yeah, okay, so it is modern this year. Cool. I thought he was kidding, but I noticed his clothes, and they were very old-fashioned, Victorian era, a brown suit and a top hat. I screamed again and ran out into the garden. When I finally decided to go back in, he was gone again. I was so freaked out. I didn't tell my parents because they would think I was out of my mind and seeing things. The next time he reappeared, he told me his name was Arthur. I always found it strange that he appeared in the exact same spot in the corner of my room. I also noticed that he had a lot of bruising around his neck. I asked him about it once, but he looked very sheepish and disappeared. He didn't look that old, maybe mid-forties. At the time, I was going through a rough spell with depression. He started appearing every time my head was in a dark place, and he started encouraging these negative thoughts and feelings. This was when I realized he wasn't just a spirit visiting somewhere he used to live. I felt he had caught on to the negative energy around me and encouraged it to make him stronger. This is when I told my parents. So this bitch is a fucking liar? You say I want to be her friend? Unless he meant like toxic friend. Yeah. He's just like, yo, man, I'm feeling really down. This bitch pops up in the corner of your room. Yo, fucking kill yourself, He's dog. also 40, and the author is 14. So. Fucking 
we're not had friends. nothing better to do. He's like, yeah, I just like really missed my house and fucking bullying little kids. And you're like, <laughs> this is when I told my parents. I think that they thought it was just voices in my head. We sought we sought medical help, but I just felt that nobody took me seriously. That's when we decided we needed to move out of the house. The thing was, as soon as I left the house, it all stopped. He left me alone. The voices stopped. That's how I knew I wasn't simply going mad or having some sort of episode. When I told him we were moving, he was very angry and told me, You're mine. That's that's when the figure of two girls appeared. Every time they appeared, he would disappear. They were about the same age as I was at the time. One of them spoke to me. Her name was Mary, and she just said that I need to leave, to get out, and to save myself from him. I believed her. There was even one time where Mary possessed me. I have no recollection of any of it, so I'll tell you what my parents told me. I was lying in my bed crying, and they were there comforting me. Apparently, my body went stiff for about 10 seconds. Then I started talking, but it wasn't my voice. I was saying, get out, get out. You need to protect yourselves from him. Save yourselves. And then I had a coughing fit and came to. When my parents and I eventually moved out of the house, it felt like a breath of fresh air, like a weight had been lifted off our shoulders. When we moved into our new home, We got chatting to one of our neighbors, and it turned out that he was a medium. We told him about all of our experiences in the old old mill, and he offered to go down there with one of his friends to see if they picked up on anything. Now, we didn't tell him all of the details, but what he and his friend found was astonishing. Turns out, Arthur was a priest who lived there in the 1870s. He had held two girls captive there, Mary and Elizabeth and he accidentally killed them. He felt so guilty and ashamed of what he did that he ended up hanging himself in the corner of what would become my bedroom. Wait, so he just kidnapped two girls and was like, oh, fuck, I killed them. Yeah, I don't know. I tried to research this, but, like, their names wouldn't bring anything up and, like, there's, like, not a lot of details on this. Well, I mean, 1827, I'm sure records got lost and stuff, but... That's just so whack. He's just like, oh, yeah, I yeah. love kidnapping all these girls and stuff. You're like, oh, why are you dead? That's not supposed to happen. Yeah, like, I don't know how you accidentally, accidentally killed kill two someone. girls at the same time. Yeah. Well, they might not have been at the <laughs> I don't know if they were at the same time. Yeah, it's only, like, a week apart. The other one dies. Like, fuck, I'm a bad dad. <laughs> I should just kill myself. Gotta go kidnap another daughter and try again. You know what they say, two strikes, you're out. (laughs) This priest must have sucked at his job. You're like going to confession like, yeah, I've just been feeling really down lately because I did something wrong. He's like, yeah, you should probably kill yourself. Uh -uh. (laughs) Like, this priest fucking sucks. Arthur, you're a a bitch. We did manage to sell the house a year ago. And we made sure not to sell to a family who had any young girls, as we didn't want them to experience anything similar to what I did. Luckily, it was a lovely elderly couple And when we told them about it being slightly haunted, they said it was rather splendid. What? (laughs) He was like, you said they're British, like they're probably from the UK, especially if they dialed 999. Well, just the words rather splendid. Yeah. No one says that in America. They're just like, (laughs) oh yeah, bruv, like this apartment's ready for you. And they're like, ah, how lovely. Yeah, it's actually kind of haunted. Splendid. You're like, what? (laughs) Incorrect. I've now become very aware of the fact that I can sense spirits. 
Even in the home we live in, I sense my grandparents who passed away a few years ago. I wouldn't say I would never again live in a haunted house, because I feel all houses have history to them. Just as long as the spirits wish me no harm. Yay, she survived. A terrible priest. Barely. <laughs> hand me my phone? narrowly escaped the grasps of death. So, this is going to be our last story for the evening. Just got to make sure I have this. It's not on there. What's on that? I have it. I just have an audio file to show you. Oh. I found out about Castle Huska from a co-worker. Huska. And when he started telling me this story, I thought he was talking about this next story. Because they are mm. kind of similar. Mm. So, this is called The Sounds of Hell. This story takes place in Siberia. A team of Soviet engineers led by an individual named Dr. Azakov had drilled a hole that was 14.4 kilometers, or eight, basically nine miles. What? Nine miles deep before breaking through to a cavity. Like straight into the crust? I don't know what the fuck they were trying to do, but they're just like, yo, whole time. Um, what era was this? What year did you say? Uh, oh yeah, 1989. I have it written down later. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, nine miles deep before breaking through to a cavity. Intrigued by this unexpected discovery, they lowered an extremely heat-tolerant microphone, along with en- with other sensory equipment, into the well. Because the temperature deep within was 1,000 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Which is 1,832 degrees Fahrenheit. So they're just like, yo, let's just put a heat-sensitive microphone down there and let's just capture what we hear. Because they broke through the ground and they heard someone screaming. Yeah, that's always, like, the difficult thing when it comes to science is that, like, you physically cannot just experience things for yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. all of the absurd sounds and, like, radio frequencies that we get from space and we're like, it could be aliens, but, like, you never really know, like, where that comes from. And, like, just, just the thought of having, like, some glimpse of, like, radio transmission from space, like, so freaky. Yeah. So, yeah, they broke through the ground, and then they heard, like, screaming coming from the hole they were drilling. Oh. So they freaked out, and they stopped, and they could hear it very faintly, but they shoved the microphone down there to see what everything was. So heat from the chamber of fire, from which the tormented screams of the dam could be heard. So the recording is right here on my phone. I'll play it for you. Mm-hmm. So this is the recording of what they heard down there. So they played this on the radio after it happened. So this is the warning that came in front of it. As the sound bothers me to listen to, I'd suggest that if you do play it on the program, warn listeners in advance so they may have the option of turning the radio off for 30 seconds while it plays. It has always haunted me. To those who discounted the Siberia sounds from Hell's story, it is true, and I for one wish it wasn't. Rick, listening from Chicago. And so I submit now the cleaned, uh, a better copy to you, and uh, I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Like 
distinctively voice voices. People screaming. Absolutely daunting. So, this is the catch. This story was later proven to be a hoax. Uh, it is now well known as the Well to Hell hoax. So the Soviet Union had in fact drilled a hole more than 12 kilometers, seven and a half feet, uh, miles deep. Um, the Kola Superdeep Borehole, located not in Siberia, but in the Kola Peninsula, which shares borders with Norway and Finland. Upon reaching the depth of 12,262 meters, or 40,200 feet, in 1989, some interesting geological anomalies were found, although they reported no supernatural encounters. The recording of the tormented screams was later found to be looped together from various sound effects, sometimes identified as a soundtrack of the 1972 movie Barren Blood. So I wanted to share this because I thought it was interesting. Firstly, the story sounds incredible the first time you hear it. Like, whoa, they dug a hole and they found like all these screams coming from underneath the earth. Um, however, to hear that it was a hoax, I think, was far more interesting. Uh, to spend your time fabricating this audio, it sounds so pure and terrifying, especially with that certain background context. Like, you heard it and you're like, oh my god, that's scary as hell. Like, people just screaming and like all this overlapping mm -hmm. screams. But sometimes the ghosts and activity is all in our heads. Nothing more. I thought that would be a good spot to stop with that little nugget of information. So before you told me that it was a hoax, some of my thoughts were like, it was like the 80s, you said? Yeah, and 1989. like, even since then, I mean, it's been 30 years. Mm. Like, even since then, our technology has improved so greatly like, I was like, the noises you could be hearing could easily just be, like, the electromagnetics in the earth, like, interfering with the radio, or maybe the, right. the mic actually, like, burned up, and that's what you were catching. And I was like, why don't we, like, go lower modern technology in there mm -hmm. and see what that does? And even though you said it was a hoax, like, I'm still, like, intrigued and like, yeah. if you would find anything like that. Like, let's dig the deepest hole that we can and lower, like, modern-age microphones down there. Yeah. Will we get anything? I think what was interesting is that they said they had, like, geological anomalies, but they didn't state what they were. Yeah. And I couldn't find them anywhere, so I'd love to hear what those actually were. Yeah, like, what's a geological anomaly? A rock shaped like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> it's a rock. <laughs> whoa. It's a rock shaped like a face. They're like, whoa, Steamboat Willie. No, it's a rock. <laughs> it's shaped like a face. Just Dwayne Johnson's just chilling down there in the no. heat. <laughs> He's just screaming. It's about ah! drive. It's about power. <laughs> no. So yeah, that's our show for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope that we will see you guys in the next episode of Twisted Manor. Don't forget to submit your stories on Telenim and to our email at twistedmanor.sub at gmail.com. Have a good rest of your day. <laughs>